0: and versus evil Bright Fest once again the anniversary of our show our first show not including the two bottles of tonic wine reanimator episode that we tried to do the fright fest episode was the first the first show so this is our anniversary time this is our, when you know when we remember why why we do this liam every year every day every week
1: <laughs> what, why, why do we do it i'm not sure why I... <laughs> <laughs> this is this is when we remember every year that we don't know why we do this i don't know why we do it <laughs> the band i like did, how you say i like how every... you say we with the, the attempted two bottles of Bucky in the animator. Like <laughs> yeah, you say, the, the, the we attempted, I was fine. That episode was absolutely fine on my behalf. It was you that made an absolute rip-roaring cunt of it.
0: <laughs> I know that you're just holding that audio until such days that we actually get proper proper audience numbers and then you're just going to <laughs>
1: put,
0: s- spring it on me.
1: I, wait, wait to undersell us. We, <laughs> we have proper audience numbers, Scott. We're well in the millions. <laughs> But we're just keeping it for like, maybe our 10th anniversary, We're here, this is what you could have been listening to for the last 10 years. <laughs> Scott, out of his mind in Buckfest. Which, which kind of brings us. <laughs> to fest yes, yes. <laughs> Welcome to Scott and Liam versus Evil, episode 120. I'm Liam. And I am Scott. And as Scott said, this is our anniversary episode. Happy anniversary, Scott.
0: Happy anniversary, Liam
1: that was quite delayed, uh, if I was your girlfriend I'd be fucking raging, <laughs> uh, maybe give you a wee kiss later, after we make up, but yeah, it was Fright Fest last week over the weekend of the 5th uh, to the 7th of March, and what did you think it overall, let's get your, your first initial after opinion. How did you feel about Fright Fest this year?
0: On the base of the the, the whole event, um, probably best year we've been to so far. Strongest, strongest in terms of movies. Um, great time, great. You know, brilliant, great. What
1: What do you mean on the basis of the the thing as a whole? Why would I be asking you how was Fight Fest on the basis of one <laughs> film? <laughs> I'm
0: trying to fill the space. We put more words in just say great. <laughs>
1: don't don't. One hundred and nineteen episodes. Don't just only use words that actually mean things. <laughs> uh, so fright fest kicked off on a Thursday night uh, at eight thirty. With do you want to just jump into it? Yeah. So I want to explain what I say? Uh,
0: Thursday because this year it was the year that uh, I had the health problems and and buggered up. So I woke up on the Thursday, f- um, not feeling not feeling well. Uh, Lauren had had a, a bug from the, the weekend previous And I thought maybe I was catching it I wasn't sure if I was catching it or not But I woke up kind of just feeling that kind of sicky way You know that you know that way you think You're either really sick or you need like a big massive jobby, And you've you no know, been to the toilet for a couple of days And you're feeling a bit kind of toxic And you think maybe that's just what it is So I thought right fuck it I went to the toilet <laughs> And I thought do I feel better? I'm not sure And then Lauren went a walk with the dogs With her mum out and I thought You know what I'm going to go for a lie down Which I never do because I'm never sick And uh, she came back in and I was kind of thinking, right, I'm going to eat up soon. Got up, got showered, thought, right, I feel better, good. Drove into to the film theatre, stood in the queue, got my tickets, met Perry and Liam in the queue, went inside, sat down, Duncan came in, met Duncan, Synchronic started. I was loving it. Um, Aaron uh, Aaron Moorhead and Justin Benson were there. Justin Benson cut a silhouette like Jake Gyllenhaal. I thought he looked pretty fucking dapper standing there. Aaron Moorhead's very sexy as well. Um, The movie starts. I'm loving it. You know, Anthony Mackie, great actor. Um, Jamie Dornan, we love him in this house, Fifty Shades, great, loving it. And then I just, I, an absolute, my temperature just rose through the roof. I got hit with this heat. I was like a film of sweat over my forehead and I just and I started getting right shaky and thinking that I'm going to pass out in here and I'm not causing a scene this year. I'm not being the person that causes the scene. <laughs> so I, I, I leaned over, I said to Liam, I had to step out, I might not be back. Went downstairs and sat. My temperature came down, but I still kind of felt a bit, shaky and pins and needles and i had switched my phone back on and lauren had texted me asked me how i was and i said i've had to work out that film she says be better just coming home so i thought you know what i'm going to, I'm going to go home try to get a sleep not ruin the rest of the the two full days so i was gutted that i didn't see the Holy Synchronic, and i'm gutted i didn't see death of a vlogger because i was really looking forward to championing some local kind of scottish movies so these two first movies liam all on you
1: right so if you have been listening to the podcast for a while, you'll know that last year Duncan shot himself and had to leave <laughs> during a movie, and this year Scott shot himself and had to leave during a movie. Everything he's just said there was absolute nonsense. He was just frightened. <laughs> and don't worry, I shot myself 24 hours uh, from Synchronic because I did the exact same the next day. Uh, so, Synchronic, as Scott said, was directed by Justin Benson and Arne Moorhead, who you'll know if you've watched The Endless, which is on Netflix, or Resolution or Spring, all excellent films, that if you haven't seen, go check them out, Uh, and Synchronic, was, the fucking tits, so it started at, half past eight, Uh, the the cinema was warm, I I will give Scott that, he did, there was a definite heat in the room, that continues throughout the whole weekend. So I understand why you shat yourself.
0: I don't understand uh, because they've got they clearly got AC units because you get a wee blast of cold air as you sit through some of the movies, but I don't understand why they don't just have fucking on full blast.
1: I but mean, that's like a fucking fart in the wind. It's like every it just goes
0: That's what I'm saying. And why you get a wee bit of cold air. Why don't they have it on all the time?
1: Cause then it might get too cold. I
0: but I think it's it's much preferable to be too cold. You can put a jumper on. Then it'd be yeah. too warm.
1: Oh, definitely! It is—it's absolutely roasting in there. Only when the screen's really busy, when it's when it's not bad, it's fine. It's kind of the hotter side of lukewarm, but you can deal with it. But when that cinema's packed out, that place is a fucking furnace. It's
0: ninety percent of fright fest movies, though. Yeah. So
1: I love uh, I love the GFT, but come on, just just fix that aircon. Just let's. Every time I buy a ticket, I donate a few pounds to help with the GFT. But this point, I've definitely given you enough to get a new air conditioning system. So do it. Uh, so Synchronic, the we'll try our very. I say we, Scott, try your very best not to spoil any of these films.
0: Yep, yep. I that's what I was to say. You need to be on spoiler spoiler alert as we go through these, Liam, because I am going to spoil the fuck
1: at them. <laughs> So what we'll just do for this full episode is I'll tell you about all the movies, Scott will tell you about anything that happened in between the movies. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's safer. Uh, so this, it was the UK premiere, asynchronic. Uh, I think it was uh, the possibly the European premiere of that version of it. I could also be making that up because they went back uh, and edited it and kind of gave it more of a director's cut. So the synopsis is two New Orleans paramedics' lives are ripped apart after encountering a series of horrific deaths linked to a new designer drug with bizarre otherworldly effects. Synchronic was excellent. Very much like uh, The Endless and Resolution and the fact that it played played about with time. It's a, a kind of designer drug that when they ingest wherever they're standing they will go back to a period in history, it could be fucking caveman period it could be 1675 but they're in that position at that date and if they move move slightly in the room they'll end up in that position at a totally different date and it's this kind of It's not a detective thing, but they've got to try and go... They've got to start playing with it and experimenting. And it's a really, really fucking good movie. It started off the weekend excellently, to the point that myself, Duncan, Perry, they were all like, I don't think it's going to get better than this. Because of Fright Fest the the, the past few years, there's been some absolute hits and some serious misses. You're thinking, right, if this is how strong it's going to start... it it, it can't keep this up did it keep it up we'll find out as we go along that's the point of the episode sit in suspense be excited i wait on it
0: i want to see synchronic because i believe it's getting a full release possibly even cinema release um definitely picked up on like netflix or something that i'd assume so i'll definitely be watching that one as soon as i get a chance
1: yeah uh, and afterwards so there was a, a Q&A usually with the Q&A's I'm not really that fussed uh, I'm mean, a type of person that would listen to a commentary on a DVD but with Q&A's I don't like the questions that most of the audience one audience member in particular asks <laughs> uh, so I never enjoy the Q&A's but both the, the Aaron and Justin were excellent I was hanging on every single word they said and at one point he went into quite a kind of dark eh, story about his mum, that you could hear a pin drop in the place. Everyone was totally hooked in to everything they were saying. It was fascinating, and I could could probably have listened to that for the rest of the night, rather than eh, watch the second film, which we can just jump straight onto. Eh, It was Death of a Vlogger, which started at 11 o'clock, it's a Glasgow based film which I wasn't expecting Uh, to be honest I didn't read much about any of the movies over the weekend I I like going in kind of blind sometimes it works out sometimes it doesn't but this time I thought right just go in and enjoy what you enjoy don't enjoy what you don't enjoy don't have any kind of expectations so Death of a Vlogger was directed by Graeme Hughes who was there Uh, it stars Graeme Hughes, Annabelle Logan, Paddy Kondracki, quite a few other folk, this is the point where Annabelle was standing with a lovely, lovely pink jacket, and I said to Duncan and Perry, that jacket is lovely, and Duncan was like, why are you pointing that out, it's, just, it's a lovely jacket, I think I would look good in that, and then I told him the story about the time I wore a white jacket, very much like it, to Hamilton Palace, and the guy after the palace shouted at me, oh look, it's the boy Wam. So I thought, haha, trendy George Michael here, right jacket. Three seconds later he shouted Aye, that one, Andrew Ridgely. I was the useless cunt for wham. I have never worn that jacket since, because come on, how offensive is that? Being called the one for and no even the talented one. The awful one. So this movie, because I then thought about that, I was like, right, I'm now, I'm now quite sad. I'm not really ready for this. And eh, uh, we then started "Death of a Vlogger." So the synopsis is: A vlogger gains viral fame after one of his eerie videos contains an alleged out of the world, out of this world haunting. Following YouTuber Graham as he investigates the darker, supernatural side of the web and dealing with the effects of being famous on in the internet, this trip down a hellish rabbit hole includes interviews, cat videos, ripped YouTube content, fun nonsense, archived material, tension, and unusual scares. Uh, before we go on I should say that I gave Synchronic a 4 out of 5 that's pretty good because I've just decided that obviously we have to give our ratings and I forgot so I gave it a 4 out of 5 Death of a Vlogger (sighs) it's one of those things because it's a Glasgow film and it's obviously seriously low budget there were some moments that I thought that's actually done really well some of the, the ghost scares are done nice, Uh, at times I couldn't see how they'd actually done it, which was impressive, but the story and some of the acting were just not for me, like, I I gave it the benefit of the doubt, because there's some people you recognise from about Glasgow, in the cat house or wherever, and you're recognising the places and you're thinking, alright, it's okay for what it is, but the acting, at times it was just totally taking you out the zone where you then realise this is an amateur film, this is this is a low budget film for a reason and it started to annoy me like see sometimes we are watching people acting it's so ham fisted like they, they, they aren't actors that happened to a few characters and I was thinking right no this is from the high that I was feeling with Synchronic it kind of really tore me down to a then just average level of is this what this weekend's going to be? Like a total high and then a total low?
0: Do you think um, it's because it was in kind of Glasgow accents that you noticed it, or do you think if it was in Americans with the same level of kind of acting ability, would you have picked it out?
1: Uh, I don't know. Honestly, sometimes I I, know.
0: Sometimes I think the like hearing an accent like a Glasgow accent that you can you hear it straight away when it doesn't sound natural. You you pick it up instantly. Whereas if it was maybe a, the, an American one, maybe you'd just you just
1: think, well, oh, just sounds like any other actor I hear in Hollywood. But no, because even like the main guy who's the director, his, I generally felt like I was watching his YouTube videos, so it was him I was watching. So his he's acting was selling it for me. I was watching this guy. I wasn't watching this guy play a character, but there was there was one guy who was his friend in it who. I, I don't know he must be my best friend I, I would have left him totally out there was nothing that he added to it apart from the straight away you went I'm watching I'm watching a, an amateur movie here yeah. and it kinda it annoyed me because there was some really good bits but there was then a twist and then 10 minutes later it twisted again with the exact same twist and then it did it again and it was like why don't you just end it you could have ended it half an hour ago But you just kept the movie going and did the exact same thing and then it kept it going and did the exact same thing again. And it's like, right, that's I'm now now leaving wound up. I'm leaving annoyed and I don't like being annoyed. So Death of a Vlogger wasn't for me. I gave it a 3 out of 5 because I liked the certain things that it did. In the cold, cold light of day, if I really was being brutal and honest, I would have gave it a 2 or a a 2.5. But it's a Glasgow movie. You've got to you've got to still stick with at least some form of allegiance. So three out of five. If you come across it, it's worth checking out, seeing what you think of it. Uh, after the first twenty minutes, if you're not keen on it, obviously turn it off. But for a low budget, for a kinda amateurish film, yeah, for, it's still for independent filmmaking it's still worth watch. that
0: kinda give it that kind of uh, was it like uh, I don't know what I'm looking for. Give it that kinda uh, congratulations. What's the word I'm looking for? fuck's sake, man. Well, I, I can't even uh. Kudos, support. Right. support. Yeah, support. <laughs> in, in, independent filmmaking, you know, the people do this and then hope that they get their films seen. And uh, these guys managed to get it on the big screen in front of a yeah. full audience. So that's that is something.
1: In, uh, so. I'm percent. They, they've they've done something that none of us have yeah. done. They've they have they have went made a film, put it up there, it's played, and I think it got quite a good response from all people. All yeah. people enjoyed it. I can see. I can see the type of people that would really enjoy it, that would watch it now and go, "Leave." I don't know what you're fucking talking about. I, I had a whale of time with that, and that's absolutely okay. But right now, it's my opinion. I wasn't keen on it. That was Thursday night. So now, move on to Friday. Eh... Uh, I, can Friday I just morning. talk about
0: when I came and met you on uh, Friday morning, um, just before we went into... Well, it was actually Friday afternoon. First film starts at one o'clock. Uh, we yes. we went to McDonald's first, and we were walking back up. I was feeling much better on the second day. Um, and as we were walking up, we were just having random chit-chat, and I was telling... The guy's how I'm still I'm persevering with The Walking Dead, but I'm almost fed up with it. And Perry said, I'm actually going to start uh, Fear The Walking Dead. And I says, all oh, right, that's really good, except the part where the killer of the main cast and they just focus on Morgan because he's flipped through the original show into the second the show. And he's like, oh, thanks, Scott. <laughs> so he's talking about spoilers. That's that's the kind of mistakes that I make without thinking. So,
1: be- you do realise you've now just spoiled it for everyone listening as well. <laughs> Do you ever actually think about what's coming out of your fucking mouth? I just
0: think of people... I just think if I've seen it, then everybody else has seen it.
1: But Perry literally said, oh, I'm going to watch it, so don't spoil it. And he said, no, I'll make sure I don't spoil it. Three seconds later, you spoiled it. To tell that story, you have just spoiled it. So for anyone watching Fear the Walking Dead, I apologise. For anyone wanting to watch it, I apologise. For anyone wanting to watch The Walking Dead scott's actually did you a favor don't do it because after the first series it gets boring as fuck and it's not worth watching but well done so we've actually made it 18 minutes in before you spoiled something something <laughs> that wasn't even on over the weekend something that you have made you've actually took a tangent just to spoil <laughs> right
0: well what can i spoil first then what was first the you're a hour? terrible
1: person no we've, i've got to tell a story uh, uh, me getting in now so we, uh, Duncan came, dropped his car off at my house. Duncan stays uh, with me and Lena on the Friday because, I don't know, we cuddle. It feels better every wakes up on the Saturday morning after being spooned to sleep by us. Uh, so we we're about to go get in a taxi. My mum and dad have a little old Polish woman uh, who <laughs> cleans her house and it turns out that she wanted to clean my house that day. So she ran across the drive as we were about to get in a taxi She can't speak a lick of English. She's like a 70-year-old woman, cannot speak any English at all, and was just shouting Liam, clean, and then gave me a massive hug. So I hugged her, and then we get in the taxi. The taxi driver was like, what the fuck just happened there? Obviously, the way our heads go, we're looking forward to Fright Fest. By the time we got to the bottom of the hill, what was happening in my house was a, a Polish sex party because she was trying to assault, sexually assault me she was probably in my house just banging hundreds of polish boys and it was a good laugh until i realized i'd forgot the tickets so oh spin round back up to the house there's now two plumbers in my house i have no idea where they came through we were less than three minutes away from my house i don't know how the plumbers passed us but there's now two plumbers in my house so that's it there's now this full plumber polish sex party That was the chat the entire way in the taxi. It just grew arms and legs. The taxi driver was loving it because he's obviously always wanted to watch an old Polish woman get spit-roasted by two plumbers. Uh, We then picked up Perry, who decided that buying his carry-out, he would buy enough carry-out for the entire cinema and get two bottles of Buckfast, two bottles of red wine, and enough crisps and sweets to kill a small horse. If sweets and crisps could kill a small horse. (laughs) He'd snuck it in on in bottles of Lucas So the taxi driver then, by the time we got into Glasgow, actually said, if you drink all that today, we'll give you a free taxi ride for life. Like, I will literally pick you up anywhere you want to go and you never have to pay for it. If you drink all that and can still see, obviously it was not going to happen and it doesn't happen because nobody can drink that much Buckfast in one sitting and not die. Uh, so by the time we then seen Scott hilarity had ensued we're thinking this polish plumber sex party it was fun it was a brilliant way to kick off the friday which we then went into the first film which started at 1 30 and it was called the cleansing hour directed by damien levec it starred ryan guzman kyle gallner alex and jealous a few other people ryan guzman is i can't remember what he's been in sorry kyle gallner is in Jennifer's body, and
0: Kyle Gallner's been in quite a few things. He's a face. To the yes, first, Smallville. Recognizing a face in the first movie, I thought was a good. Was I was like, yes, here we go.
1: Yeah. Uh, so it was the UK premiere. The synopsis was: Best friends and millennial entrepreneurs Max and Drew run a popular webcast that streams live exorcisms. Of course, they're all staged with terrific special effects. But today, fate is a big twist in store. The actress hired to fake being possessed actually does become possessed by a real demon. Worse, the victim is Drew's real girlfriend, Lane. Together, the dumbstruck duo must work against the show clock to figure out the demon's sinister motive, while the devilish succubus exposes the trio's dark secrets before a rapidly growing global audience. So, this being the first film that you've seen without shiting yourself like a wee boy, uh, what did you think
0: it? I thought it was really, really good. I loved it. Absolutely. thought it was a great, fun, thrilling ride through the world of... Exorcism and making it modern by making it live stream. The only kind of issues I did have with it were they kind of cutaways to show the world was watching this. They cut to like a couple of like stereotypical like like a couple of boys in like the Iraq wilderness, like fixing an old motorbike, watching it in a wee shack, and two people driving across. I think they were in the Middle East as well. It was weird that the people they showed watching around the world were all were either weird, either really, really rich two, one rich American family it was the wee boy watching it, two lassies who had met the priest in a bar and banged him and then folk for the Middle East. Like it was really strange <laughs> these wee cutaways. But other than that, I was totally invested in the whole the whole thing. I thought it was great. Special effects were great. Yeah. Story was great. The we the wee things they had in there to make it different from normal exorcism movies of the of the like was great.
1: Yeah. The comedy landed. There was there was funny moments. The practical effects were great. Uh, practical effect fire wasn't too good, I, but is practical is, effect yeah. fire ever good? Yeah. No, yeah. not even sorry, not practical effect fire. CGI fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Practical effect fire would literally just be fire. fire. <laughs> <laughs> so that's always going to look good because it's fire. Uh, I was not expecting the the day to open up with with a strong film, but. Definitely, thoroughly enjoyed it. Would watch it again. Would pick it up on DVD or Blu-ray uh, when it comes out. I'd watch it again just to see if I still feel the way I felt after it. Because I thought this is a really, really strong start to the day, especially after making a disappointment the night before. Uh, so the cleans in I think everything that Scott said earlier is getting a release in the next few months, maybe sh- apart from a couple. Uh, but I, I can imagine everything about be before the end of the year so it's all th- movies that you will definitely be able to watch and uh, check out and see if we are talking absolute nonsense as usual or if we're actually on the ball here uh, so the cleansing hour I gave a 3.5 out of 5
0: Yeah, I I don't want to go as far as a 4 so I'll probably say a 3.5 as well I just want you to let you know that I took zero notes over the weekend so I will be making up anything on the spot and my ratings will be <laughs> on the spot I also want to mention before this film started, there was two shorts. A very short one about called Cubicle that was uh, play. It was kind of alright. We kind of three or four minute short. Uh, there the last scene with like a kind of creepy baby looking face, scared the shit out of me. And then uh, the next one, I think it was called Live Forever or We Live or something like that. And it was mm-hmm. this uh, brilliant song about people who just get killed in horror movies that you don't, you know, like secondary characters that you don't pay attention to. They get killed somewhere or that. And it was brilliant. And it was a great way to start.
1: The, the fight fest proper no, that was brilliant yeah. I mean, and we've never had that at fight fest where the opening movie is a stormer yeah. and then you've got two shots that are also very fucking good yeah were the rest of the shots over the weekend as good we'll find out like I can't remember if there, was, <laughs> if there was any other shots well that says, that says everything you need to know about those other shots <laughs> yeah. uh, so the next film which started at 3.45 at this point uh, Lane and Lorne were coming in to meet us Lena had I uh, told her three or four times, please remember your ticket. She was working and going back home to get her ticket and get ready and came in. Remember your ticket. I've sat it somewhere. Remember your ticket. Uh, Lena takes me five minutes before this movie started that she was five minutes away around the corner and had forgot her ticket so she went up and down the motorway like a fucking yo-yo, got the tickets and then came in for In the Quarry, directed by Bernardo and rafael Antonacio. That's definitely not how you say those names but they're from Uruguay, they won't be listening to this, so they won't be offended. Uh, It stars various people from Uruguay. (laughs) Uh, It was a European premiere and the synopsis is... Excited to introduce her new boyfriend Bruno to her best friends, Alicia organises a sun-drenched barbecue and swimming party at an abandoned quarry near her hometown they used to frequent as children. At first it's all good times, but as the day progresses, secrets are revealed, macho bravado and jealousy appears and bonds are broken, and soon an act of brutality unleashes everyone's true natures. So what did you think of the quarry well
0: this movie was in subtitles uh however i didn't need to read the subtitles because it was in spanish and i could understand everything that was on. even though you currently end told me it was portuguese and it isn't because uruguay native language is spanish so
1: is that definite
0: well,
1: yeah yeah D- did you right is that definite as in that is a fact or that's a scott fact no, that you've fact. just made I up on googled a it spot when
0: you were introducing the movie i googled the national language of uruguay it's spanish espanol
1: Right, so okay. That's why I
0: could understand it. I mean, I wouldn't be able to understand it if it was Portuguese.
1: <laughs> Your Spanish came to play a couple of times it's this weekend, did not
0: So, yeah, I thought this movie was really good. I felt as if the, the, the location was fantastic. It was great. It looked like somewhere I wanted to kick about, you know. Um, I thought the acting felt like, again, I don't know what Uruguayan accents are, so I don't know if it's straight acting, but it felt real. The characters felt real. The situation felt real. The kind of jealousies that that crept up felt real. It was very very quick to understand what was going on and who was who was the dick. Uh, and although, see, when you actually look at it, the person who's the ultimate dick is probably the person who deserves to be the dick overall. <laughs> does that makes sense. If I spoiled
1: it, I watched I watched the film, but that was so fucking confusing. <laughs> Do you know what yeah. I mean?
0: The person who the person at the end who's like, you know, like does fucks it up. Because you know these these movies culminate in, a, in, a, in an action at the end. So the person that fucks up at the end deserves to be the person that, that gets that angry because the people who are in it as well, the rest of the people yeah. are really on the surface horrible. Even though they're all yeah. nice in their own way, the act the acting is brilliant. There's a scene when one of the boys is making fun of the other boy, and it's it's brilliant. It's just like great comedy the way he goes about it. Um, I do what else I liked. The, I know it's, it's South American because it's Uruguay, but because it felt like it was Spanish, it felt European in the same way. But the same connections go you know, away from what I'm going to say here. Because in Britain, when you have a barbecue, you make yeah, six burgers and six hot dogs and whatever, and you hand them out, everybody gets a plate, and they all take a wee plate away, and we eat, and, we, and you eat all the same things. Whereas the way they were cooking it, they had just a big fucking massive sausage, and when it was ready, they put it on a, a board in the middle, chopped it up into bits, and then they all shared. They had a big steak, sliced up into bits, and then they all shared. I thought it just looked as if it was even more delicious because of the way they were eating it, very kind of either South American or European, whereas we don't do that because we're too polite and we all just look at it and the middle and say, oh, I don't want to eat too much and I don't want to eat this bit, I don't want to eat that bit and then we all just don't touch anything because we're British so fucking you, idiots.
1: It, so you're saying that your next barbecue, you're just going to just cook one big sausage and just let them share it? Yeah. you always try to get folk to share your sausage. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah i know i fully agree the acting was on point it felt see like the way texas chainsaw massacre felt where it was like warm and sticky and it just like you you feel the their surroundings and environment you can actually feel it through the screen i felt that very much uh, with this that acting was superb the, the story was great i was expecting a uh, Duncan had told me the night before as well, it's meant to be, it goes brutal, it's meant to be a, a, a total gore fest, because that's what he was told. That didn't happen. There was no, there were violent bits, but I, the furthest thing from a gore fest, which then kind of put me in the back foot a bit, because I was like, oh shit, I was expecting to, like, to see tits and heads exploding at this point, but because it was more realistic than that, obviously that didn't happen. Yeah. Uh, but that's that's not fair to criticise the movie for that because that was just my kind of anticipation of it was let down. But a very strong movie again. Continued with fright fest at this point, thinking this could be the strongest year already because there's only been one movie that I've not been keen on, and it was. It's, it's looking well for the rest of the weekend. So what did you give in the quarry? Do um,
0: you know? I'll probably get. Oh, do you know? Again, a three point five is a high score. That's 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 way more than than that than halfway. But a four's maybe too high. Do you know? I think I would watch it again. Do you know that? I think I would put it on and watch it again because it felt good to watch it. It felt real. It felt like I was relating to the these characters. I felt as if I wanted to be in the the, the place, the location that they were, even though that it's in the middle of nowhere. And if anything happens, then you're fucked. Um, like these people found out, but I, I, you know, I probably would watch it again. So I'm going to go and give this a no, I'm going to give it a 3.5 because there's other films that I'm that I, I love that I'm giving fours and that's not on the same level. So
1: 3.5. 3.5 Right, 3.5. I am very, I am the exact same. It's what I would watch again. Uh, and three is like I liked it and that's it. I don't really need to watch it again. It's just it, it was a decent movie. 3.5 is no, I actually enjoyed a lot of what. It was doing. It by no way was it a perfect movie. There was little foibles. As we all talked when we were walking to Nando's, there were certain bits in the movie that we were then actually confused by because we didn't know what had happened to a certain character. Yeah. And what was in my head? Yeah, no, you were the only, per, only
0: person that was confused in that situation.
1: <laughs> Fuck off! You shut yourself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> so we went to we then went to Nando's.
0: Can I also say by the and... way there was a couple of songs using the movie as well that were fucking brilliant. Back to Nando's.
1: Do you, do you know what they No, are? I think
0: they may have been Spanish, so I, I don't know. It's too big a world to find out. <laughs>
1: right, okay. So then after uh, in the Quarry. I can't remember if it played after in the Quarry or before the next film, but there was another short called the, Black Mass.
0: They usually play before the movies.
1: Right, well, so we went to Nando's, everybody got chicken. We then went back to the cinema. Uh, and we sat down to watch a short film called Black Mass. Uh, we'd, we'd probably better just hanging about Nando's because that was a lot of shite.
0: What was that one again? I don't even remember.
1: It was the one where the girls, uh, they're asking what's up with their dad. There's then this big kind of... Oh,
0: yeah. Fucking that's
1: nice right. ...Baphomet demon... Uh, the, the the whole both the girls were totally different races. The dad was a different. It was three different races <laughs> in this family, which totally threw you off. As you thought, right? I'm I'm all for being inclusive, obviously, but that naturally can't happen see, unless like, everyone's see, like, adopted. Yeah, yeah,
0: you had you had you had an Irish dad, an English daughter, and and a, a woman of Indian heritage. Uh, oh, see so, so if they had a picture of like an Indian mum who the mum was supposed to have died already. That would that would have probably at least explained
1: yeah, what was going on? Yeah. Uh, not to mention, obviously, they to all, fuck all like each other. But it's a short; it's a low budget thing. I get that you can't get people to like each other, but even the story in this was just weak. Like, yeah, I, I, I don't like criticising things that people have done that I can't do or haven't done. But it was just like, what's the point? Like, surely someday there was there was en- entries put into this for short films, and they've picked this to show. I don't get where the I don't get what it did differently or interesting enough to want being shown.
0: I always just assume that there's not that big a selection of short films to go in, Um, and that's why some some do get picked. That's maybe naive of me, Um, but that's that's why I assume because some some of them are okay and some of them are, are not so good. The people there who made this one were in attendance, so if you are like, looking through Fright Fest reviews and you're listening to this just now, then apologies that we didn't enjoy it. They did say that the a lot of the Fright Fest audience uh, helped kick-start it. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm glad uh, I didn't. Have been, <laughs> I'd have been upset. <laughs> Where my money going. Um, but yeah. no, you, you know what? It's These these short films are sometimes hanging about on demo and stuff like that, so if you can find it, have a watch. You might enjoy it. You might get something out of it that, that, that we didn't.
1: Yeah, that we didn't. Uh, so then we got into the cinema at, well, we were already in the cinema, but 6.15, kicked off Sea Fever. Oh, uh, great it's great. directed It's directed by Nisa Hardiman. It stars Hermione Caulfield, Dougray Scott, Corey Nielsen, and it's a kind of Irish, Swedish, and Belgian uh, production, all three. But at this point... Just before the movie started, uh, Lena's seat was jammed. So if you've not been to the GFT, <laughs> people in the flick chat will know what's about to come here. So there's, it's like cinema seats, obviously. So the bottom folds up to the back. What are they called? Recliners. What are these seats called? They're not. They're not. It's not a fucking recliner. Theater seats. People know what
0: theater
1: seats theater. are. Right. Well. So anyway, so Lena's seat was kind of jammed. They couldn't get the back, the bottom bit up. So me and Duncan looked at it and went, it's your fucking bag. So I was trying to lift the seat to like kind of bang it against the back to free it up. So Duncan moved the bag. So just to make sure I'd done it, I banged that seat solidly about three times. Like bang, bang, bang. Look, it was your bag. It was your bag at made it stuck. There you go. That's it done now. Cool. Sea fever. So let's go to sea fever and I'll tell you about what happened. After Sea Fever. So the, the Sea Fever was the UK premier and the synopsis is, For marine biology student Siobhan, it was supposed to be a research excursion with a trawler crew fishing the West Irish seas. But when they hit an unseen object and become marooned, a mysterious parasite infects their water supply. Soon the oozing force infiltrates the entire vessel and turns Siobhan's journey into a claustrophobic fight for survival. Uh, so, what did you think of Sea Fever?
0: When, before uh, we went to f- Fright Fest, um, sometimes we look at the lineup and say, if there's, if it doesn't look as if there's a big gap between some movies for food and whatever or to take a break, we look at a movie that we might think this might be a bit shit. We're going to step out and not go and see it. Um, so Lauren had been trying to lay as we, we lay and to decide what movie they might skip out on. So Le- Lauren had said, let's skip out Sea Fever. It looks rubbish. And then she was reading the synopsis and describing what she thought it would be. And then she's like, do you know what? I've actually sold myself on this film that I had like. <laughs> so uh, we did all come in a, to watch it, and uh, my rev- uh, feelings afterwards, and Lauren's as well, was that uh, it's, it's brilliant. Fucking great, great, yeah. great movie. I liked those... There was a lot of elements of uh, comedy, you know, at the beginning, before, like, fucking shit hits the fan. There was uh, great performances by everyone all the way around. Um, some funny accents in there, but then you're, you're playing with... <laughs> Like uh, Irish accent. I don't, yeah, I don't know. No, the, the, <laughs> woman, the woman, was, uh, the was a Scott's kind of missus, like second in command or, or owner of the boat or whatever, she uh, is like Dutch or Swedish, but she was put on an Irish accent because I was watching a couple of times, thinking, is that is that an Irish accent or is that I don't, I couldn't place it, but then it could just be like a like a fisherman's accent that's, that's fucking all over the place, but who knows? It, but it didn't throw me off it, and it was just like she pronounces some words funny. um <laughs> some great some great uh, some great performances um, really good storyline um, a couple of wee things that were effy, like the the big beast thing that followed them outside the exclusion zone I know the season no exclusion zones for, for beasts watch the
1: spoilers Scott watch the spoilers uh, you
0: know it's a big you know, you know it's a big creature a big creature um, hey,
1: now because you just fucking said it
0: is that not in the synopsis no oh shit right fuck it there's a big creature that breaks uh, <laughs> the boat and um, <laughs> they're, they're stuck, uh, but there's a lot more that happens because they're stuck. They're, they're stuck in the, in the sea, and when you're stuck at sea, there's nobody that can help you, um, so you're fucked. Uh, there's a lot of kind of good t- uh, claustrophobic scenes. There's a lot of good tension that uh, arises. There's a lot of good kind of play on um, uh, f- fishermen uh, lore and fishermen superstitions, which kind of put me in mind of uh, the lighthouse because they have done a couple of the same things. Um, the, the movies are completely different. That's not a comparison on movies. It's just. Uh, that that kind of uh, people pick up on uh, superstitions and laws and, and put them in, um, which is which is uh, pretty cool. I also liked the fact that they appeared to have a main character that was very possibly on the uh, a autism spectrum, somewhere along the lines of high function, uh, but they did not make a big deal about it, which is pretty cool. But then I guess yeah, the oh right. yeah okay. main character yeah because yeah, she was uh, she was it's rubbish eye contact socially awkward or these kind of things however if you don't bring it up then people don't realize that they might be autistic so or have asperger's so it's not really highlighting it i guess it's a double-edged sword yeah. maybe they didn't even mean it maybe that maybe that was um the the actress's take on the character when she read the, the script uh, so who knows but anyway i thought it came across really really well i really liked it i thought it was brilliant
1: yeah. Duncan turned to me at the end of it and said that was Alien at sea and that is the best way to sum that film up. It is Alien and it's at sea. It's, it's such an Alien vibe to it, which is obviously not a bad thing because Alien's a fucking excellent film. Uh, I've, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. Gutted because there's one big practical effect that happens about halfway through and I had went to the toilet because oh, it was Oh really yeah, that was, was really, really good. good. So I missed I missed that practical effect. Because as soon as I sat down, I was like, you've literally missed the best bit of the film. I was like, oh, are you fucking kidding? <laughs> and when she described it, it turned out I had. But I'll definitely, when it, when it comes out, which it will get a release, because it's, uh, it's a very, very strong film. Uh, I really, really enjoyed it. The claustrophobic thing, totally, totally good at that. It was really, it was totally sucked into the story. All the casts were great. The... The idea and the concept, even the end, which I know some people kind of had issues with, was a wee bit cheesy, was a bit airy-fairy. I liked it. I thought it it made sense and, yeah, definitely left Sea Fever happy. What did you give it, a 5?
0: I would own this one. If it gets a blurry release, I will own this one. Um, Again, I think there's movies like Better, so I'll give it a 3.5.
1: Right, okay. Do you know you you can also give things... Like a 4, a 4.5, and a
0: 5. A f- 4.5, exactly. Uh, I'll
1: give this one a yeah. 4 then. Do you think... Did well, no, you... no, sorry, no. What? What? Are, our rating system goes 1, 2, 3, <laughs> 3.5, 4, 5.
0: <laughs> right, a, a 4. A right, right, I'm giving CTV
1: a 4. <laughs> well, don't do that, because then you're copying me. No, I give it a 4. I'm giving it a 4. <laughs> right. We seem to be matching it yeah. quite a lot. I know. <laughs> Finally, after all this time, we're... We're, we're slowly becoming the kind of one person that like, we have the same opinions in films. Although, technically, after what you just said there, it's just easy to lead you into saying anything. <laughs> like, oh, What, what are the scores? Why do you give it a four? Alright, I'll give it a four. <laughs> so, uh, But see if you are definitely when it comes out, check it out. I think there, there's definitely an audience out there that are going to love this. There'll be an audience that think it doesn't do a whole lot different, but I can't see anyone not enjoying it. I can't see anyone finding it boring. Or, eh, uh, like, it's all, it's definitely worth a watch. If it comes on streaming or DVD, check it out. Definitely. Cool? Cool. So then, at the end of the movie, Lena stood up and said, Where is my phone? I seem to have lost my phone. I said, Lena, oh my god, it must be sitting somewhere. I looked underneath the chair, and there was a. A collection of dust which used to be an iPhone because <laughs> it turned out that at the start of the film what was jamming the chair was her iPhone and as I proceeded to bang the chair enough just to show how strong I was and <laughs> how unstuck the chair was I had fucking destroyed that phone it, it was more dust than phone the ratio was totally off I have never seen a phone take that much damage I put the photo up in the Flick chat to show people. I'll maybe put it up in the Facebook group uh, so you can see it. I, like, I think we should send it to Apple because Apple won't have seen a phone as damaged as this. It was awful. I'm waiting for you to back me up, Scott.
0: It's not. It definitely 100% was... Um, uh destroyed absolutely destroyed the actual the screen the black bit that becomes the screen was out i've never actually seen what that looks like underneath the glass so it was uh (laughs) mental
1: the screen was missing the back was missing it was for all intents purposes fucked she tried to turn it on it vibrated a bit and then just died and i was like i um i can't everyone saw me do it everyone heard me do it i can't deny that it was me i can't blame lena because she let her phone slip down the back of the chair it was entirely my fault and i felt so bad about it but also so impressive because i defy anyone to do that much damage to a phone simply with their raging right bicep and that's what that was <laughs> strength scott strength don't ever fuck with me because I'll, I'll do to your face what i did to that iphone <laughs> so that so that was obviously uh, an absolute laugh and i'm uh we went into the next film excited and happy and everyone with their phone. Uh, so the next movie was A Ghost Waits. Uh, it started at 8.45. It's directed by Adam Stovall, who was there and did a Q&A after it and an introduction before it. Uh, it starred McLeod Andrews, who I didn't realise until Duncan said uh, was the actor from The Siren. Remember the Mermaid film yep. from the year before? Uh, and I thought, shit, that's where I recognise him from. Uh, Natalie Walker, Sidney Vollmer, and the it was the world premiere so it was a low-budget thing it was the first time anyone was ever getting to see this and the synopsis is Jack's job is to fix up the house. Spectral agent Muriel's eternal task is to haunt it. They should be enemies, but they become fascinated by one another and eventually smitten, leading them to question everything about their work, lives and decisions. But as pressure mounts for them to fulfil their duties, something's got to give for them to have the time together they both so desperately want. This is the film where... So Duncan shot himself last year, Scott shot himself eh, this Thursday night. This is the movie where I shat myself, I was too hot, I was too warm, I wasn't feeling good, I was tired, and I could not be fucked with this film. Not a criticism on the film, there was comedy bits, the acting I was enjoying, but it just, it got me at the wrong time. And I was just sighing and looking about, and I was like, I can't, like, this movie's not landing on me. Fuck it, and I left. I went to Tesco, and I sat outside Tesco and ate a ham sandwich, and it was lovely. So this movie is all on Scott.
0: I uh, I like this film. It was in black and white. Um, I'm not entirely sure the reasons for the black and white. I don't know. I think it was perhaps was cheap. To, to hide the, um, the 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 makeup effects on the ghost because she didn't look like a ghost. Um,
1: the, to be fair, the makeup effects and. I feel bad criticising it because I left halfway through. But the makeup effects were viral pain on her face. <laughs> and I thought that was a joke at the start. When I realised that that was generally the makeup, uh, I was, again, because of everything else, I was so annoyed. I was getting seriously wound up watching it. Because that's not makeup, man. <laughs>
0: they do this thing, right, where... Um, and it, this is the kind of... They do it in several movies and they do it and sometimes it's like it. sometimes it's in a song they do it in the Ollie emerge song and i hate it right and it's when you find something you think is good and then you repeat it over and over and over again and then because the people watching or listening will think oh that's good the first time and then they'll be like oh and then they'll be sick of it by the end there's a song in this that it starts with and they, they play the the recorded version and it's um it's like the, it's got a good yellow cotton dress it looks beautiful and, and then I bet that looks like a motherfucker when you feel like oh that's a, that's a good song that's a good song and then it finishes and he walks about the house picks up a guitar and he starts playing it like live to like part of the, the show like part of the film and then it ends with that song as well I, I'm going to uh, say that it's got this episode's going to end with that song because I actually do like that song now, but <laughs> doing it over and over again in the short space of time to me, it was I'm like that's uh, like that's that's kind uh, of annoys me. That's something that annoys me. Like yeah. the only words I'm talking about when he's, he says uh, "Dear darling, please excuse my writing," well, he says that like five times. So, like if I, I excuse your writing the first time, but no, no, I'm not. I'm your writing's a fucking shit. <laughs> it's mess. It's shite. It's crap. Beat it. <laughs>
1: um,
0: but this movie. So so. Um, the the guy, what's his name? What one? The guy, the actor. The main guy. Yeah. Uh,
1: um,
0: McLeod McLeod Andrews.
1: Uh, McLeod Andrews. Uh, uh, yeah.
0: He is brilliant. He's a great actor. He carries this film. He's hilarious at times. Um, he's frustrated at times. He is good. It's good to watch it. He, he holds the the movie all the way through. The the ghosts. There's two girl ghosts, and yeah, they're they're okay. There's one thing criticism I'll put to the. The girl ghost is supposed to be a ghost from, like, I don't know, the 1800s or something. And how I tried to describe it um, to the group at the time was I'd love to get into some form of acting. It's probably, if I, if I ever do it, it will be low budget student film stuff, like worse than anything that we're criticising here. See, that's the kind of level of yet. But I always think I'm limited in what I can play unless I've got long sleeves and a collar buttoned right up because of the tattoos. Um, I'm probably even limited because I've got my ear stretched and I can't get one of them out. So it's—I mean—it it totally affects a look. I couldn't play any period pieces. It would need to be a specific character. And is course, weird because
1: I always imagined you as like a like a butler in Downton Abbey. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> me too. Um, the, the the main ghost in this has, has clearly been an old emo because she's got earlobes that have been previously stretched and that's what I kept focusing on I'm like if you're an 1800s ghost you would not have had stretched ears that's what I kept focusing on I know it's daft I know it's stupid but it, it's one of those things that just, just ends your suspension of disbelief and takes you out, out of the movie um, people seem to be annoyed uh, looking at the kind of fright fest a Facebook group and then people chatting about this they seem to be annoyed in the way this film ends me personally I felt like I, I knew that was the way the film was going to end from halfway through I did not think there was going to be a, a simpler way of of them being together I just figured that that was exactly what was going to happen um that's probably enough to spoil it if you have not watched it. To be fair, I don't yeah, think this you, much... Yeah,
1: I I didn't see the ending, and I now know what happens because you have just spoiled. It. I don't
0: think this is going to get a release though. Just judging on the kind of the kind of quality and the budget and the style of the movie, is I don't think this will get picked up for kind of distribution unless it's a streaming site. So I might just spoil it.
1: Should don't, I just no? in case? Right, I won't, no, because that was a world I premiere. I won't,
0: I won't spoil it. Um, but it's, I mean, the story is okay. It could have been a short. It could have been a fifteen-minute short. Um, but.
1: It was Beetlejuice. It yeah, was very was, much there, Beetlejuice. Yeah, there was a lot of
0: elements of Beetlejuice in terms of when the when the ghosts um, were had a, like haunting the house was not because they wanted to; it's because they, that was their job. So um, yeah. yeah, so there was a lot of. But uh, I thought I thought it was a uh, it was a good movie. Um, I probably won't watch it again. So maybe I, I'll give it maybe a three. I think.
1: A three. Yeah, I obviously didn't rate it because I didn't finish it, yeah, and it's a shame that the comedy and the, the main actor were good the, the comedy was landing really well it's just at that time and night everything else that was going on it just wasn't for me at and all i think and... the
0: uh, the director who was there was nervous and how his film was going to be portrayed like beforehand because that's one of the organizers was telling us and uh, and from what i heard he is a is a cracking guy his uh QA was very heartfelt very um, emotional as well uh, I didn't see because I jumped out to the toilet straight as soon as the film finished and I met you outside, so I just waited outside with you, so I didn't see the Q&A, but I think it was quite a good, insightful Q&A as well, in terms of the choices he made for making and making the
1: film. Yeah. So, then, at 10.50, we had the last movie of the day, which was The Mortuary Collection, directed by Ryan Spindell. He walked past me when I was outside eating my ham sandwich, and I thought, he... Looks like a handsome American man. I wonder who he is. Turns out he's a director. Uh, it starts Clancy Brown, who everyone knows from uh, Highlander, who's the Kurgan, or is whoever really knows him from he's Mister Krabs from uh, SpongeBob. Money, 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 money. If I'm going to be honest uh,
0: with you, I know him from Starship Troopers.
1: You're a you're a broken individual. <laughs> <laughs> you're just you're just broken right. he's clearly the Kurgan from Highlander what, I don't know That's what that is I've is. never seen
0: Highlander
1: it's not actually that good but he's still the Kurgan's good he's excellent as that mm. he's also the dad in the Nightmare on Elm Street remake mm. and $500 movies yeah he's been in loads of things
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> but yeah there's only one that you remember uh, so it was the UK premiere. It was a uh, anthology. I do not like anthologies. I was I not really good. Yeah. Wait your fucking turn. <laughs> 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 uh, I wasn't. I wasn't too fussed about this to begin with. Like getting into it, I was like, right, it might be quite good. We'll see. So the synopsis is that Sam inquires about a help-wanted sign outside a funeral home and in her interview with owner Montgomery Dark, four gruesomely disturbing stories are told. Moving chronologically from the 1950s to the 80s, a housewife finds a mysterious presence in her bathroom. A college boy gets a taste of his own fraternising medicine. A husband makes tough decisions about his wife and babysitters are murdered by a homicidal maniac. Uh, The... The introduction, uh, the director said that he filmed it in, am I right in saying it's Connecticut? Uh, I have no idea. It's wherever they filmed the Goonies, and you get that, the opening scene, it feels very Goonies. The way this film looked was incredible. They've spent a lot of money on this. It felt like this was, the way Stephen King things feel at times this is a real little town with all these quirky characters and i have i don't think i've ever enjoyed an anthology horror film like i just i don't care for it i love the twilight zone that's it do it as a tv series i don't want to watch a movie that's four different stories this really landed well with me i thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed it even though Again, halfway through, I got way too warm. I was starting to freak out. I thought I was freaking out the people around me, so I went out to get fresh air. Ended up getting locked outside the GFT and had a phone pair to come and uh, get me back in because it turns out, after 11 o'clock, the doors don't open again and the women downstairs couldn't tell me that when I was outside with no jacket on, freezing my fucking balls off. Just off Sucking Hill Street. <laughs> so uh, I get back in just in time to see uh, the rest of the film and I thoroughly enjoyed this. What did you think?
0: Uh, I I like um, anthology movies. Uh, I like Clancy Brown. I liked the the way that the guy was talking about the the um, this uh, mercury collection before uh, we went into it. I um, what else can I say? I I liked the 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 opening scene. It was very creep Show the boy in mm-hmm. the bike. Uh, the other individual stories, I don't think I really remember them. I remember that there was a an actor who was through almost all of the stories. Perhaps that's only because I have listened to Duncan on the podcast under the stairs review of Flight Fest, and he reminded me um, of that. There was one short where a man looks after his um, kind of comatose wife. I don't remember how that ended, but I tried to fall asleep during that short. Because
1: it was late. Um, I don't remember anything else about it, to be fair. We actually do we do Fright Fest horrifically. We <laughs> either leave during the films or we attempt to sleep during certain parts of the film. Uh, if you do want to listen to a proper, clear, concise review rundown of Fright Fest, go over and listen to Duncan's, uh, Duncan's episodes because that is... A full thing. He'll tell you about the movies, everything you need to know, whether you want to listen to it or not. What we are doing is rambling and telling you about the fucking nonsense that happened in between. I can or tell the you, movies we actually managed to stay awake for.
0: I can I can tell you that um, I got a wee portion of peri peri chips that were very very dry, but I also got, got a double chicken wrap with added halloumi, and I think it was a triple chicken wrap. I was surprised with so that was a pretty good uh, that was a
1: good time for me. Was that before sea fever or did you go to Nando's again? Secretly? That was before. That was sea fever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sorry. If you went to, if you went for a secret Nando's, like, sons, you're gonna get fucking Iphoned. <laughs> <laughs> if you secret Nando's and didn't bring him a, a fucking chicken back. Uh, so yeah, so mortuary collection. There was another practical effect in this, which was
0: oh, excellent. Yeah, I forgot about that. That was good, absolutely. Man.
1: You're probably trying to fucking sleep. No, uh, no, I watched it that. It was. One. I forgot
0: I forgot all about this this uh, short, but it's actually pretty good.
1: Anyway, the, all the shorts were good because there was an actual... There was an anchor that linked all these stories together. It wasn't like the other anthology for this weekend, which we're getting to and be prepared for that because that's going to get fucking slaughtered. But there was an actual anchor that kept these stories uh, together. It, it made sense as to why he was telling the stories. The stories all happened in the same world with some recurring characters. It was from... It, it just... This will definitely get released because it, it just looked so good. I'm gutted a wee bit about how it kinda ended because it then makes me think that it would be a bit more difficult for them to do this as a series, like as it, like to do a series as it stands, to do a series the same as this is. It would have to there would have to be a few differences. Whereas I thought if they changed the ending, they could then run this like. Uh, Tales from the Crypt or something where maybe every few years is a different a different mortuary collection. Yeah, uh, and I I would definitely like to see that because just the, the way it looked, I thought was I thought was great. It really, had a lot going for it. I hope it does get released. It probably will. And when it does, check it out even if you're not fans of anthologies like me. Uh, there's definitely a lot in there especially that big practical effect. Yeah, everyone should see that yeah,
0: that's pretty pretty gnarly uh, duncan walked out of the he was out of the toilet for that part he missed that uh, effect which is hilarious um he uh the the movie is actually it's, it's polished it's there's money behind it it looks professional it's all acted brilliantly all the way through i don't like this they give you a kind of reason why the girl is in the mortuary like She says she's there for a job, but they give you a kind of different reason. And I don't like that. It's very cliche. It's very trope. It's very, I'm on the back foot. And if you're a long-term listener, you know what that means.
1: (laughs) I'm trying not to spoil it. Uh, So that brought Fright Fest to a close for the first day. Second day? Would Thursday count as a day?
0: Well, the the organisers don't count as Fright Fest proper. They, it is part of Fright Fest in terms of I think they pick the films but it's not like part of the festival
1: right. so then we all went home we all said our goodbyes left uh, and we went home and unlike last year melia and Duncan didn't stand, uh, stay up and talk shit uh, all night until like 4 in the morning because we were like actually do you know what, it's been such a good lineup of movies, I'm genuinely excited to get up and get right in and watch the first one yeah, because
0: Let's just go to bed. Yeah, and I think last year I missed the first movie. I didn't make... use made it in last year for the first. time. I missed the first one because it's very easy to be shattered and and just sleep in. But uh, yeah, but not this year.
1: Not this year. So we got into the cinema for the first film, which was meant to be Anderson Falls. They they couldn't get it to play, so uh, I think we again, ran half an hour. Yeah, by. Ran
0: like a half an hour delay, and, and they came out and said the only film they've got that will now fit in the morning time slot is the final film, so they were going to attempt to switch them and then try and get Anderson Falls to be working uh, and play it last. And I, th- I don't know, I mean, I mean that was pr- probably to make sure they play all the movies so everybody got their, their worth, but also because the director Anderson Falls had made the journey there, so it would be quite gutting if he didn't get his, his movie played. Um, yeah. It, it ran them into some problems because the way that the, f- uh, the festival runs – the side seats are all individual tickets, so people had got up, came to the cinema, solely just to see Anderson Falls, and they were told that you can either stay and watch this, the new film or you can get a refund. And 90% of the single seats got up and left, and then after the new film started, another 10% of who was left like, that <laughs> fucked off as well. Uh, but also because when you start running a delay, people there's three screens in the, the GFT as well, so people could be getting into one movie and then wanting to get into the next. Um so they, they had to come in and say right we've delayed, you know, other screens just so that you if you're in here, you can then make it into the other the other screen as well. Yeah. Um, so it, it must have caused a headache for the organizers. But do you know, the the audience all handled it well or certainly the, the weekend pass people handled handled it certainly well. I don't know if single tickets put in some complaints, but you know, these things happen. You know you can you can. Yeah. These things happen.
1: Well, everyone that's there for Fright Fest they're there for the the Fright Fest experience that a lot of the time you're not really bothered with what you're seeing as long as it's good or it has good things in it as long as there's some enjoyable things over the weekend you're still going to go if things go wrong who cares you still get fucking like 13 movies for the price that you're paying it's still well worth it so the the weekend of technical flaws it was a laugh so we didn't really mind that uh, they were going to change the movie we just thought right cool it means then the end movie might actually be really good because it's usually the last movie is usually a bit of a kind of shit show uh, so we thought well at least the end movie is going to be a good one because the Saturday usually starts quite strong so they switched it around and then what we got was a night of horror nightmare ra- uh, radio it was the UK premiere And the synopsis is: As the host of a popular horror-themed radio show, disc jockey Rod Wilson—that's the first time I've heard his name—I don't remember them saying that in the movie—shares tales of terror with his eager listeners. But tonight, the announcer begins to receive strange calls from a child who desperately asks for help. That happened once. At first, he thinks it's a bad joke until he discovers the calls hide a dark secret this movie was one of the worst fucking films I have ever seen in the history of cinema. This was shit, Absolute dog shite. And I feel I feel bad judging the other movies. That's how I kind of followed it with. I feel bad saying this. You might still enjoy it. This film was a... As I said in Letterboxd, you can throw shit at a wall and some of it will stick, but at the end of the day, you still just have a wall covered in shit. This is a shit-smeared wall. There is nothing good about this film. I turned to Perry about fucking 10 minutes in and went, this sucks. He said, I'm actually enjoying it. Scott said, I'm enjoying it. I was like, right, you're either trolling bastards or I'm seriously missing the point of this. I left three times in this film, second time just to wash my hands again because it was better than having to sit and watch this. <laughs> Absolute shite. Scott, what did you feel? what did you feel about it?
0: I felt that the first short was, was kind of okay. Um, the the radio host didn't bother me at the time because I enjoyed the visuals because he's, he's, uh, his booth was all lit up in red and blue neon, which I'm, it's totally a bit of me right now. I'm loving that. Um, but as, as the movie progressed, it was, again, just plagued with uh, technical difficulties. The third short, I believe, was a Spanish short, and it was playing through and no subtitles appeared. So again, I was fo- I was following it. I understood everything, and I was I was able to translate for Perry to tell him what was going on. Um,
1: you were the only person in the room that followed what was going on at yeah, that point.
0: Somebody, um, somebody must have said to one of the organisers, the, the boy um, outside, uh, Alan, and he'd be like, "It's playing no subtitles, shit." So they came in and they must have spoke to the the people at the the projector room, and then they they, they stopped it. And this short had been playing for like ten minutes already. Anyway, so realistically, we're looking about maybe. Five minutes left, if that, and then it's got to go back to English and go back to the next one, and we just run it through, and it'd be that like, be fine. But they obviously panicked that there was no subtitles, messed about for three or four minutes, maybe five, and then played it again. They just rewound the movie ten minutes and played it again. Still no subtitles.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But um you know, it, it, it played through, and from that point on, any anybody who was even interested in this film, the audience was lost, and bits that weren't supposed yeah. to be funny. Uh, people, people were laughing at the movie not with it, they were laughing at the movie and some of the later shots were, you know, there was one about a mermaid that was just nonsense uh, however it did The sound
1: yes. The sound fucked off, it was quiet there was no need for anything that was happening in the film The um, I'm just, I, I, I can't believe it the, fi- like the, film,
0: the film did bring the first and possibly only Boobs and Bush from the whole weekend so it, it's a point for that
1: I'd, I'd honestly be happy where we weekend without Boobs and Bush because that was just a, was- that was a waste I of time. What I did
0: see, and what you can see just now, um, is certainly two of the shorts where I'd seen them before. They'd done the rounds on Horror Pages online. They're up on Vimo and YouTube. Um, you, can, you can watch them just now if you want. And one of them was published in 2016. So it's like they've just grabbed shorts from all around the, the world and put them together and then bookended them with this shite story about a radio presenter that doesn't make any sense.
1: The guy had no emotion in his voice. He was delivering it a eh, ham fisted American. Eh, a kid called in to ask for help. It was an adult hung
0: voice. up. adult voice. Me. I I need help. Like, <laughs> oh,
1: sh- fuck off. Then obviously right, I I'm not a radio DJ, if I was, if a kid phoned up asking for help, I would do everything to try and help that kid. See, if that hung up, I'd be like, listen guys, here's a song, I've got to go and we've got to try to trace this call and find this kid. What he does is, ah, that reminds me of a story of what a hunter found in the woods and proceeds to tell a fucking mermaid story where the sound is cranked down to about two. You can't hear anything and it's just this, the hunter finds a lassie in the woods and then chases her for a bit obviously a shite hunter because he misses every, terrible, every bullet terrible,
0: terrible hunting even I though she's three it's, it's feet away from him garbage
1: and then she goes into a lake and she becomes a mermaid mermaids don't live in lakes <laughs> it's just you know nonsense the, the Spanish one I left along with about 12 other people as we're walking out everyone's talking about it yeah, kind of having a laugh as Lane and Lorne were coming in later people were actually saying to them listen your life's worth more than going in and watching that film just wait to the next one I don't I get that it was meant to play at the end of the day and obviously at that point it's only the, the diehards that are still there that want to see a, a film so maybe like, it doesn't matter if it's good if I'd waited to the end of the day if I'd waited and watched that film like nobody in that cinema would have left I would have burnt it to the ground <laughs> I'd be so I would, angry at yeah, having to watch that
0: I'd have been fucking raging if i had waited to watch that at the end of the night I'd have been sleeping I'd have like- it.
1: <laughs> To then find out, because you said during it, I've seen that before. Yeah. Thinking, right, well, how can you have seen it? It's, it's the UK premiere. No, because the only bits of the UK premiere are the weird radio DJ bits. Everything else, they've just phoned up. People and went, "I, oh, I hear you've got a short movie. Can I put it in my film? What they should have said is no. <laughs> yeah. No, no, because you're, you're going to ruin my short. It was absolute dog shit. Hated it. Half a star just because it is a film just because they've, they've they've made a film and I appreciate that a film has been made for the DJ bits absolute nonsense and you pointed out the best thing at the end the guy I don't even care about spoiling it the radio DJ is meant to be uh, a ghost from like the 70s his radio booth is covered in Beetlejuice merchandise Beetlejuice came out in the 90s they didn't even care enough about the audience to fix that it was just absolute nonsense. I was so angry. I was so wound up. You and Perry at the start when you were saying <laughs> you were liking it, I was like, if they're doing this to wind me up, it is working. <laughs> I am, I'm in. Oh, I am furious. But then, by the end of it. Everyone was in the same boat, and I don't. It's not just because of the technical problems where folk are like, oh well. By the time we went back in, or they started it again. They just kind of thought it was a joke. I think even if they had put Spanish subtitles on, by the end of that movie, I would still be furious. There was a story about an Australian killer and his punishment is that the family <laughs> get to watch him having surgery and he gets an arm removed. And then in the next surgery, they can tell that he's to get a leg removed and then he goes round the schools to tell people... Don't misbehave or you'll end up like me. By the end of the movie, he has no legs, no arms, no lips. He's just, a, he's a stump of a person. It Then the, 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 the kind of parole officer is the one that's narrating this story. It zooms out from his window and it cuts to the parole officer. And the whole twist of the short is that, and now I take him one day a month round the schools. That's happened in the short the entire way through. That's not a twist you're just telling us what's happened raging absolutely raging load of shite they should never have played this film it should never play anywhere ever again half a star and that's being kind
0: yeah I'm giving it half a star as well just like you say for, for a film being made it's it garbage it's full and dark shite
1: it is and that and it's such a shame the rest of the Fright Fest the lineup has been so good but this has, this managed to sneak in there I don't know how it managed to sneak in. I don't know Someday, like, oh fuck it, it's from, so and so's got a short in it, so we'll just play it. I don't know how it managed to get in, because I can't understand how anyone would watch that and go, oh that was actually like, I really enjoyed where that went. I get that those stories are all linked. One of them was a complete fucking rip off, he lights out. Yeah. And not, not a good rip off can tell I'm yep. raging about it yep. I hate it I hate it I hate it so after that obviously after I went into the toilet and just like punched myself in the dick to try and uh, put pain elsewhere we came back in for a South Korean film called Zombie for Sale it was directed by Lee Min Jae it stars Jae Young Young Gar, do you know what What's the point in trying? it <laughs> <to, to> stars <laughs> it stars a lot of Korean actors uh, it was a Scottish premiere is the synopsis is Korea's biggest pharmaceutical company conducts illegal experiments on humans one test goes wrong and creates a sexy zombie who escapes and a winds up with zombie. the crazy park <laughs> who winds up with the crazy park family owners of a country gas station but when the head of the household is bitten it restores his youth so they monetize zombies powers to help their struggling business events take a grisly turn for the worse uh, going into this it's a zombie film. I thought I am bored of zombies. I've said that before in the podcast. Even though I have the world's most famous zombie, Frankenstein, tattooed on my arm, at this point I am bored of zombies. But this film was incredible. I
0: don't. What think, did you think? Are you calling Frankenstein a zombie? He's a zombie. Well, nah, I think that's a debate for another day. But I would argue that he doesn't count as a zombie. But let's talk about zombie for sale.
1: But how, how you know he's, he's uh, he, dead components brought back to life? No zombie. I don't.
0: No, I'm not buying it. Um, but zombie for sale. You no, know
1: I'm sorry. You, you cannot buy it. But you have to give an argument. You can't just not buy it. No, that's a, a
0: debate for another day. I'll need to think of my arguments. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then, then.
1: Yeah. Anyway. So yeah, zombie film. What did you think of this one? Uh, I
0: thought this was fantastic. I thought this this had humour in all the right places. It landed certainly. I don't know if it was festival goggles or not, but it definitely landed with the audience. Um, it was b- great, absolutely brilliant, um, hilarious at times, uh, gory at times, different at times to be t- twisting the zombie genre, and um, it really makes me want to eat raw white cabbage. <laughs>
1: understandable takeaway from the movie (laughs) it was usually foreign films, the the comedy can fall in places you don't quite uh, it doesn't quite translate, this did This, this was laugh out loud funny, everything that happened in it was excellent it looked great, the makeup was amazing the characters were amazing such a strong film Devastating that they had the audacity to show that fucking crockish shit before this, but this seriously then just erased all bad memories in that anthology film. This was brilliant. If it comes, it will come out. I think Arrow will' Yeah, they've it. already
0: they've already sent the email. out, They've got a date for it uh, and the the poster and stuff for it. So that's definitely getting a release uh, on Blu-ray clear. or in the cinema. Uh, Blu-ray, I think.
1: Blu-ray, yeah, uh, definitely check it out if you regardless of what kind of films you like and don't like this is as as great a horror comedy as you're ever going to see this is like way better than in bruges (laughs) way better than in bruges Uh, obviously it's not better than in bruges as a film in bruges is a great film that's just for people who heard scott's nonsense about in bruges being a horror comedy excellent i gave it a 4.5 out of five i loved it i would I'll, I'll buy it i'll own it i'll watch it again i'd watch it multiple times and i think still find it funny it's just so good
0: yeah yeah i agree exactly the same i am going to own it the minute it comes out i'm going to buy it a uh, 4.5 for me as oh, well that's brilliant
1: i didn't rate the mortuary collection i, w- I gave that a four I um, just realise I've been looking. At my I'll things. go.
0: I'll go three and a half. I think I'll probably watch the much collection again. I'll give it a second. Go we'll see if it comes up in Sky Cinema, which I'd imagine that one might pop up on. I'll I'll give it a watch just to remind myself of the shorts that I couldn't pay attention to at the time.
1: Right. So we then went on to Saint Maud who was directed by Rose Glass, who was there to introduce it eh, and do a and and also feel like she was about to be sexually molested by me and <laughs> Scott, when we met her later. <laughs> 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 So it was the Scottish Premier and the synopsis is recently born again, Maud is a young Scarborough nurse, visibly disintegrating both mentally and emotionally as she strives for religious salvation from the demons plaguing her, put in charge of caring for hedonistic dancer Amanda, now in the late stages of a terminal illness, Maud believes redemption is at hand, for if Maud can rescue Amanda's soul, then surely she can save herself. This was an A twenty four film, uh who did The Witch and Midsummer and stuff like that. Uh, Perry and Duncan were really excited about this before it which then kind of gave me a wee bit of excitement and this movie was a, a tour de force the acting was incredible on all fronts the story was gripping, it was tense, the score was excellent everything about it was bleak, dark a film that you don't leave feeling good but my god you enjoy, you enjoy the ride that you've just been on
0: I, I was also excited about this one before we got into it. Like, I was aware of this one. I knew this was getting a bigger release. This one had a cinematic trailer um, before Parasite that I'd watched the week before for uh, Fright Fest. I was I was all over uh, St. Mod. I could not wait to watch this one, and it did not disappoint at all. It is absolutely beautiful film it is i've been telling i've been saying the same thing as i've been telling different people about this movie it's well written well directed well acted well shot well paced and well ended and that's that's always one of the biggest things when you watch movies it's it is well ended and it is it's, it's a perfect film it is a. As far as the ending
1: goes, it I, I goes as far as to say one of the best endings in horror I've seen in a long, long time.
0: Yeah, so so subtle, and other filmmakers could have made an it, asset. It. It's very easy to see where you could have fucked that up, but but Rose Glass has absolutely got it. Excellent, he's got it absolutely bang on for me, and it's it's like it's a masterpiece movie. It's one, it's a movie that I cannot wait to own. I, I might not necessarily watch it over and over again because it's very bleak um but mm-hmm. it's i just i want to i want to just have it on my shelf and just own it and be part of the the world that it that it exists in and just like you know help it in any way i can Like when it gets a cinema release i'm going to go back and watch it just so that they have some to add one to the numbers of, of how well it does at the box office it's that good yeah.
1: and it will definitely get a release obviously if a24 i've got yeah. it it'll be a wide release in the cinema at some point and definitely worth checking out. Uh, was it after just horrors? Was it after this movie that we saw her downstairs or was it later on? It or was just, a few Just tell that story. It was later it? on but we can tell we can tell her yeah. story. So so me and Scott, as you know, do a thing where every year we say we are gonna chill with the directors, we are gonna drink with them, we're gonna party with them and then when it comes to it we sit on our fucking hands and we do nothing. So while looking for Joe Bigos, we went downstairs and Rose Glass was walking in. So I was like, right, now is our time to shine. Let's let's do this. Let's let's confront our demons here. And what we did was shout at her about how much we enjoyed our movie, how great it was. You then shouted at her about how uh, you enjoyed how she did the mental health aspect of it and handled that with religion. Shouting at her so much that the women from the GFT came over. <laughs> pulled her aside and spoke to her as if she was trying to save her from the molestation that was about to take place. <laughs>
0: and she could, have, she could have looked between the two people, between us and between the person that was also trying to speak to her and it, was, it kind of got very awkward. And we're like, Oh, fuck, this is, this is exactly why we don't talk to anybody <laughs> at this weekend.
1: <laughs> so we then said, right, anyway, so thanks very much for that movie. Really appreciate it. It was great. Said an awkward goodbye and we left and we did, me and Scott other and said, we are never talking to another person again because that was so awkward. Some women literally tried to save her from us. <laughs> I don't think we look like bad guys. No, I don't think, think we look quite I still stand by my, my
0: praise for the movie. It's fantastic. She's done a great job.
1: Oh, yeah. A million percent. We maybe we shouldn't have screamed it at her. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing we didn't do was shake her. <laughs> uh, so then after St. Maud, we went for pizza. Yeah. And uh, some drinks, and we then kind of hummed and hawed about whether well or not we were going to come back well, to watch. We ended up getting, Boy. <laughs> yeah,
0: we ended up getting a longer break. We got about an hour, but it turned out to be about to forty-five minutes, and we got down to uh, bunker because I remember mean, the last time last year we able to go to Lucky Seven and we sat and the place was empty. It must have been earlier on. We managed to do a live stream and get a couple of pints, and we felt as if we had plenty of time. This time there was it was all spaced about the same amount. 40 to 50 minutes if you're lucky. And it was later on the Saturday, so pe- p- places were packed now of people dressed up for Saturday. And we were like kicking about in, you know, very casual, we probably clothes I would normally go to the pub in on Saturday, but not Bath Street pubs. They're a bit more hoity toity. We went to. Um,
1: especially, especially Bunker.
0: Yeah. We went to Bunker and it's full of all, you know, trendies kicking about. we like, shit, right, we're we'll fucking standing here anyway. Got a couple of pizzas. I'm like, we've not got time, we've not got time. The user are like, ah, we've got time, ah, we've got time. Uh, we did have time. Yeah, we did have time. Um, <laughs> we also had time for me to neck two pints almost in a whanny, which uh, d- d- was, was detrimental to the, the, the end of the night for me.
1: <laughs> Very much so. Right, we should also point at this point that the day before, Perry did actually manage to drink a full, oh, two, a full two bottles of wine and came out the other side sober, which I have never seen before, and I'm nothing but impressed. Just what we're talking about as being drunk messes. Like that, that deserves a mention. Yeah. Have you ever drank two bottles of Buckfast and been able to see? Or uh, no, no, it
0: wasn't two bottles of Buckfast. It was the two bottles of red wine, or at least one bottle of red wine and one bottle of Buckfast, because he had two of each. Well, no, tell lie. Have tell you ever I, been like, able? To... I seen it. He had three bottles of red wine and one bottle of Buckfast, and the Buckfast was certainly on the Saturday night, as I can attest to. So,
1: have you ever drank that much red wine and still been able to stand yeah. or see? Yeah, yeah. I drank a bottle of red wine years when we did the episode with fish. Uh, for Cherry Two Thousand, and I was a slabbering mess.
0: <laughs> I guess it just depends
1: whole... on
0: uh, just how fast you, how you feel. <laughs> aye, how fast? Because it's a long day, and if you if you pace it out, it's not actually not actually as bad. Um, but yeah, it's because, because I just tanked through those two pints, I I, think I was already kind of pushing it on this day. So, but, but anyway, so I so this is this is leading up to, but boy.
1: Yeah, so we were deciding whether we were going to go back and watch Butt Boy or whether we were just going to stay out, have a drink, do a live stream and just chill out for the next film. We all decided that we'll go and watch Butt Boy. If it's shit, after 15 minutes, we're all going to leave. I so had we been to cinema.
0: I had been digging up Butt Boy the whole weekend saying this is going to be the standout. This is going to be fucking fantastic. Look at the synopsis. It is amazing. I can't wait for Butt Boy. Here we go
1: because that used to be your nickname at school yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Butt Boy was the European premier it was directed by Tyler Kornack uh, it starred him uh, Tyler Rice and Shelby Dash Uh, the synopsis is middle-aged Chip Guchel is bored and miserable with his life until he has a prostate examination and his whole world changes for he becomes obsessed with putting anything and everything up his butt including living things newly sober detective Russell Fox suspects his AA sponsor is sporting another supernatural dimension in his rear end but even he has no idea the insanity that awaits when he dives into his investigation head first but boy (laughs)
0: I uh, it starts off okay. Uh, he gets the rectal exam, and then he puts like a Cluedo piece up his butt. After he's like, he's like, "Oh, that was that's fun." He puts a Cluedo piece up his butt, and then the soap. I think small things to begin with, and it's like everybody's and we're all laughing. We're like, "Aha!" But then you start to realize the tone of the movie, and it's it's deadly serious. It's it's not. There is no joke it's not i was expecting something over the top something like bad milo or the greasy strangler i was expecting something slapstick i was expecting uh gross out humor but it's played deadly serious and that just did not land to me which is interesting because listening to duncan's review and probably how you're going to review it in, in just a second that is the reason why it landed for a lot of people but not not me at all, it absolutely did not and I, this is the movie I believe came back in that Perry shared um, a, a large glass uh, pint of, of uh, Buckfast with me uh, and I had tanned, so I tanned through the Buckfast, went out for the toilet because i been drinking a bit heavier at this point, I had to pee during the movie uh, came back in and spoke to the girls who looked at me and said, this is pish and I said, "Aye, let's go, so we left halfway through and the and the boys all stayed.
1: Yeah. I, I, I enjoyed it. It's... The comedy, it was good. They played it straight. It, it, it was funny. It wasn't the the laugh-out-loud, kind gross of gross-out humour of Greasy Strangler that I was expecting. But I thought it was like, a decent movie, so when you was left, I kind of hummed and hawed, and I was like, no, 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 I'm, I'm going to stay. I want to see how this plays out. I'm glad I did, because the ending is really good. But... I think it's not one that I would rewatch. it's not one that I would own and it's more that if it, you come across it and you can see it if you're, it's streaming or someone gives you a loan of it then it's definitely worth checking out if you're into daft juvenile fart humour uh, but yeah it's not, it's not as good as I, was, as I was hoping especially because we have been talking about it for weeks going but boy it's got to be incredible it's yeah. got to be the, the film of the century yeah uh, and it just wasn't, but still funny, still worth a watch. Uh, so, what did you do instead?
0: Uh, we went out to the balcony where the, the bar, and um, Lawn sent me over to the shop to get some sort of thing. discos. Ah,
1: oh, I thought you were just like tan and wine. I thought that story was no. Going to be uh,
0: drank, yeah, I got beers and then went over, got some crisps, and came back. I don't think <laughs> anything else happened at this point. However, the Buckfast and the beers all kind of. Settled in so when the movie finished and you guys all came out, um,
1: I was ready, I was ready. And this is when we attempted to attack Rose Glass, yeah, <laughs> uh, and also Joe Bigos. So yes. we had said before we tweeted him to say that we love Bliss so much, it was in my top 10 last year, that we owe you a pint at Fright Fest. He said, I'll hold you to that. I said, Well, actually, we'll owe you six pints if VFW is good. So we found him, we bought him a drink, we bought him a double whiskey uh, on the rocks. See me in that queue, try to work out what the fuck on the rocks went. <laughs> I was like, did I just ask for on the rocks? Because what were they got to do? So I got to the front and then kind of dawned on me, I was like, ice, you daft prick. He means ice. <laughs> so got me his drink, uh, got a picture with him and we went in for VFW, which is the one I was most excited for. Uh, before it started, Joe Bigos introduced it and decided to—they uh, had bags of whiskey. So even though I just bought him a shot, thinking I've done well, I just bought him a double. Turns out you already had like five bottles of whiskey anyway, so it doesn't matter. And he asked who wanted to come down for a shot.
0: He'd already told One me this when you, were, when, you were in the, uh, when you were in the bar queue and I had to fill the silence and I was just shouting at him how I love Bliss and how I bought my t-shirt because I love Bliss so much and he was like, oh, very, very good, mate. Um, and then <laughs> I, said him, I said to him, I watched it and I went back and watched all the commentaries and he says, oh, how did I sound in those commentaries? And I just fucking realised that I just um, lied to him because I hadn't watched the commentaries yet, but I was intending to. I just had to tell him that it sounded good. I have actually since now listened to the commentaries. There was a whole big bit about um, one of the, the couches in the movie that was in the flat that they rented. Uh, the yellow couch was, is, is Elvis's couch. Um, but then Joe to talked to a story about how he, he tried to prove it and he cannot prove that that's Elvis's couch, but the guy who owns the flat is adamant this was Elvis's couch. I could have talked to him about that. I didn't. I just fucking <laughs> lied to my independent filmmaking uh Idol, hero, at the yeah, hero. Uh, anyway, but he did tell me about the shots that he brought that he was going to hand out at the start of UFW. So we commenced. I had, we had them talking, start to talk this, this, um, this uh, segment, and we kind of hovered about. And then I think people, I think it was Lena that says it tells that if he's a like, go and go now, and I was like. Fuck! I just got up and just we we get our seats at the very back of this theatre and I just fucking high tailed it right down all the way down through people trying to get up out their seats. Do you know how that episode of The Simpsons when Bart and Lisa run? You get first class in the plane and they're above, they're over the top of the people's heads and under people's feet. I felt like that's what I was like. Luckily <laughs> <laughs> got to the bottom and boys um, from Little Pod of Horrors that we met, he was there and he was like third row from the front and he was just standing up as I was getting past him. He's like, how how did the fuck did you get done so fast? I'm like, Scottish guy here in free whiskey. What, what can I say? <laughs>
1: So, uh, Joe and uh, half of the, the film festival all took a shot of Jack Daniels. Uh, Jim Green there came is back free, up. Yeah, it was three pours. Oh, it? it was
0: fucking
1: huge. It looked like I could smell it off. His. Yeah. It was stinking. I hate I hate bourbon. I hate whiskey as well, but uh, the smell. So, Svog came back up and his line, which I actually wrote down, was, I was thinking, right, did you enjoy it? What was it like? I got peanuts off Boz and I tripped over the C&I dog. So do you want to tell us uh, about the C&I dog that you kicked?
0: Yeah, there's a CNI dog there and the woman was like up for a horse shot of whiskey and the dog was kind of just at my feet as I tried to stand uh, in, in a, and I tripped over it. I took a picture of it.
1: <laughs> as you tripped over Yeah, it. as I
0: tripped over it, yeah, yeah. It was, but the thing is, it wasn't wearing its yellow jacket, so technically it wasn't working, so it was just a dog.
1: Oh, So it's fine to kick, kick it
0: then? Well, I didn't kick it, I tripped over it but then it shouldn't
1: be fucking standing next to me it's supposed to see where it's, see where it's going that's the whole point <laughs> it's it's a scene, I? Uh, So it's that shite see, I So that's the type of man Scott is after uh, some Buckfast and uh, whiskey He will prick. kick your dog <laughs> unless it's wearing a wee jacket <laughs> <laughs> So we then sat down to watch VFW uh, Let me get the synopsis for VFW Sorry, my Wi Fi. Sorry, I'll film the
0: synopsis where you look for the official one. A rip roaring good time full of neon lights and fucking swear words, whiskey and blood and gore.
1: <laughs> the real synopsis. <laughs> so it was the UK Premier, set in the near future where a designer drug is causing devastation, death, and destruction reigns supreme, caught in a deal that goes hurt horrifyingly wrong innocent lizard flees to a local VFW which means veterans from foreign wars uh, post where war veterans begin the ferocious fight with a deranged drug dealer and his relentless army of punk mutants these Vietnam vets have been to hell and back but tonight will be the longest night of their lives this movie was incredible it was everything that I wanted it to be and more much like bliss it's filmed kind of 16 mil and neon the cast were amazing. It had the, I can never remember their names. It had Norm from Cheers. He's also it in Bliss as well, did you remember? Yes, also yeah. in Bliss. Yeah. It had the the little mad one from Warriors. Can't remember his name. He's the one that's then up on the table near the yeah. start of the film. Uh, it had the old guy from, what was the, the movie where? Don't breathe. He can't hear. Yep, don't breathe. It an excellent cast. It was everything everything you know about Joe Bigos his his mark was all over this film. I everyone compares it to John Carpenter, as he said. John Carpenter did a Sultan Precinct thirteen which is based on Howard Hawks. Joe Bigos kinda of took a bit a umbrage that well nobody ever said to Carpenter he copied Howard Hawks, but everyone saying to me that I've done Carpenter. There's, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. John Carpenter is my favourite uh, my favorite director. I felt the Carpenter vibe to this and it just made it all the better. Five out of five. This was incredible. I love this film. Just like Bliss. I'm going to own it. I'm going to buy it. I'm going to watch it on like a fortnightly basis. There, there was nothing in this film. It, they had me. Even if the movie was just average, I would still have loved it. So I might be a bit biased, but genuinely it did everything right for me. I enjoyed everybody. I was on the edge of my seat. I was loving the practical effects, the dialogue, just the grindhouse, the, the nasty, gnarly exploitation looking at this film was fucking everything.
0: I, uh, because I was fully in um, in a whiskey and buckfast and beer haze at this point, there are elements of this movie that I cannot remember. Um, and so I, like, I do... I do full-on love it, but uh, I uh, I can't wait to actually to own it and watch it again. Uh, I don't know if it'll get a cinematic release wide, but hopefully it gets like a good Blu-ray release because I will fucking own it and watch it uh, over again, and then finally decide whether or not I like Bliss better or whether like VFW better. Mm. But if if. if uh, Joe Bigos keeps on this style. Certainly, fucking Everton, uh, filming Everton in 16mm and filling it with neon lights, I will watch it every fucking time. Everything, I will be in that audience, wherever it plays. That's that's getting me right exactly how I, how I want my movies these days. Um, I uh, Also, uh, Graham Skipper was in this movie. He's in all of uh, Joe Bigos' movies and he always kills them in different ways. He actually said at some point, I think it was after Saturday night, I was on Twitter drunkenly tweeting, and um, someone had said, because they asked the question, you always killed um, Graham Skipper in your the movies, the, the, the Q, so That picture was up on Fight Fest, and Graham Skipper says he does it with love, like on Twitter. And I, I retweeted from, our, from the Scotland and Liam account, and I <laughs> quote retweeted it that's our favourite part of Joe Bigos movies. And it made me sound like, Graham Skipper, you're shite, and we can't wait till you get put out the movies. I thought that fucking sounds really bad. So I just deleted all knowledge I've ever uh, seen it, but when actually what I mean is, is it's always with great practical effects or whatever, but it's, you know, that the, the, the returning cast, because all his crew as well, uh, IP, IP, um, with behind the scenes guys and his editors and stuff like that, it, it's all from independent backgrounds. It's all kind of the same people that he, that he uses throughout, uh, and Game Scapper's actually getting fucking so much better. If you watch the movies from the start, to watch his turn in uh, Bliss is, is outstanding. And uh, I'm sure when I watch it a second time and remember what happens in uh, VFW, I'm sure he's great in that as well. But he's also got uh, <laughs> uh, Dora. Uh, Dora is it Dora Madsen back from Bliss. She's in yeah. uh, VFW as well, so she's a recurring uh, cast member too. Um, but just brilliant, just fantastic movie, all around.
1: I can't believe you tweeted that Tim. That a million percent sounds like oh, our favourite bit is when you die because we hate you.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Uh, it was it was awful.
1: Oh. Terrible, terrible! Uh, it's such a good movie. It's actually out on Blu-ray in the UK next month. You can pre-order oh, it on really? Amazon just oh, now. Yes. Oh, so yeah.
0: you can? I do that. already, oh, yeah, did yeah. that? That's aye. Uh, you're
1: right. I can't wait to Well that. worth, well worth pre-ordering if you yep. like *Mind's Eye* or *Bliss* or *Almost Human*. If you like *Nasty* *Grindhouse*. If you liked *Hobo with a Shotgun*. If you liked, uh, if you like John Carpenter to be fair, if you like street trash, if you like those type of films, then this is everything that you want in a film, it's so good, the cast are excellent, seeing all the guys, I can never remember all their names, but you look at them and you go, that's that guy from this, this, they're on massive movies, they're legends, to see them all interact with each other as these old war veterans, it's just Excellent. The the I think uh, Joe said that that a lot of that stuff was just them. They were working it out themselves. Like it wasn't really scripted, and you could feel that. Like, you could feel that like these were old friends that have hated each other at times, have loved each other, or have got each other's back. It was just great. Five out of five. Oh, excellent. I don't know. I don't know if I prefer it to Bliss because Bliss was also a five out of five, but to have two of your movies and to us probably three because Mind's Eye uh, Mind's Eye is probably two of to your movies that are five is is excellent especially to be still quite a, a new director uh, he's still not hit the big time yet but why not give him all your money I think you said that after the Mind's Eye throw all your money at him and watch what he does because it's only going to be good. Yeah,
0: and you know, interestingly, because I ended up watching uh, the interview he done with um, the guy, the Scottish guy, Laurie Brewster, who does Hex Media. He, he was there. He wasn't. He wasn't shown anything. He wasn't part of the fight fest, but he was in the building, and he was uh, done an interview with Bigos and I watched that on YouTube. And um, Joe had said, "People are saying when they watch Bliss, oh look, look what Joe can do with a budget. This is actually we made Bliss with half the money we made Mainz Eye with." It's just that I've learned so much over doing these independent movies that I've 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 learned how to do things better and and, and get away mm-hmm. with more and, and how to light better and how to and film better these kind of things. Um, that yeah, so now that and then obviously VFW was the first one that was uh, a project that wasn't his script that he filmed that, that I think and you think and a lot of people thought was fantastic. So hopefully the next project will be something even bigger. But then mm-hmm. if you if you make it bigger does then that run the risk of him like not being as good like you've got you know peter jackson making brain dead and then going to make um is it brain is it branded yeah, yeah 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 and then going doing uh lord of the rings you know it's that's completely different it's completely out of scale so
1: Joe, i, I keep, think keep as, it grimy. as
0: keep it keep it keep it your independent <laughs> grimy stuff but he looks as if he's a living embodiment of that 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 genre, anyway, just like looking at the way
1: that he, you know, styles himself, you know, cool as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's it's an, a, an auteur type thing where as long as you are in full control, it's your it's your baby, it's your film, it's your project. As long as there's no producer stepping in going, nah, actually, I actually want you to do this. I want you to change that. Then it's always going to have the the the, the big ass magic uh, that everything does so far. And yeah, give them all your money and just walk away and. Turn up at the premiere. Don't have a say in it. Don't don't try and get him to do certain things. Just let him run wild. It'll be amazing! I wish I had hundreds of money just to give him.
0: Yeah, I hope I hope Nick's like, next film is a Kickstarter because I can't wait to just look at all the perks and see oh I want that, oh I want that as well, oh I want that one. <laughs> And then I'll myself 50 quid because I don't really have pairs. that much to spend,
1: <laughs> expendable income, would you say? <laughs> I said, and then I'll actually go and buy one of the pairs. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I'll lump myself 50
0: quid because I don't have
1: that much expendable income. <laughs> uh, so after VFW, uh, myself, Scott, Perry, Lena, Lorne, we decided to go along to Nice and Sleazy's. We we're going to go and get a drink and not bother staying for Anderson Falls, the first movie of the day, that nightmare radio thing. Really put a bad taste in my mouth, so I thought, I, I, I'm i not going to wait for the last movie. Uh, Daniel, my little brother, and Duncan and Boz, uh, did Boz stay? Uh, I think he did. I don't know if he's, yeah, I think he did. Possibly not. Could just be spreading vicious rumours about Boz. Apologies, Boz. Uh, so they stayed for Anderson Falls, which was like a kind of detective film. Both of them, uh, as you'll hear on Duncan's episode if you go and listen to it, he fucking hated it. He said it was the second worst film after Nightmare Radio. Daniel wasn't keen on it. He said it was just a run, like, paint the numbers cop movie. It didn't do anything different. It wasn't really interesting. It, it was a, a strong cast with, like, Lin Shay uh, and the Ice Boy or Fire Boy from the original run X-Men. Ashmore. Yeah. Uh, but they didn't... They didn't have nice things to say about it, so, nah. so we can't obviously rate
0: it. Women hating but yeah, we can't, we can't rate okay. it. So the Frightfest fest experiences experience ended with VFW. We, because we, as uh, I say, spoke to Joe because, and also in his introduction, said he was going to nice and sleazy afterwards. So that's what well, fuck. Let's go. Let's let's party with the fucking
1: mm.
0: the guy. But he didn't turn up. <laughs>
1: Yeah, unless so, he was just waiting until be left so
0: actually that 5 star for VFW is down to 4 <laughs> 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 no, they, you know what, cause he ditched probably, us no yeah he probably you know to be fair probably if they came down in a group they probably got to the door and the bouncers like that no cause it was like we got in before it was busy it was still charging at the door and do you know what I didn't realise right Nice and Sleazy is exactly the kind of bar I'd love to be hanging about in it, it's, it's, it's all it's been there for years been in it fucking hundreds of times at night full of neon lights grimy Stinking, but the crowd in it for Glasgow—they're a, they're a bit fucking snobby. It's a bit hipstery, snobby crowd. See if it was like, see if it was like a solid crowd and Sleazy's i right. would be like fucking yes, I'd be there all the time.
1: So what you mean is it was a big greasy mosher crowd?
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, sorry right with that. Yeah. Uh, so what did you give FFW?
0: Um, I'm going to give it a. I'll give it a four and a half. No, no, I'll give right. it a five. I'm giving it a five because it was fucking outstanding, right. even though I can't remember it.
1: You maybe already said that, I just couldn't remember. Uh, so yeah, we went to Nice and Sleazy's, and that whole thing was just basically us talking about how we should all get into making movies, so you need to just keep your eyes peeled because it's fucking happening, guys. Yeah. We're doing it. The, Absolutely. The, the wine, the Buckfast, the cider, it all clouded uh, our minds into thinking that if they can do it, we can do it. Just and inc- I stand by I incidentally,
0: think Incidentally, that, uh, that YouTube interview that I was talking about, um, that I watched, um, they asked him, uh, what's uh, advice for independent filmmakers? And he said, just fucking make it. Just make the movie, because there's not going to be a better time. There's not going to be a better script. There's not going to be a better opportunity. Just make it. And he's right. So let's do it. Right. Looking we we really, presents a short movie, <laughs> possibly
1: playing... Uh, no, yeah. <laughs> at a fight fest in Glasgow <laughs> and then
0: next listen, year and if F- people
1: say that short's a pile of shite <laughs> that was absolute dog shit see if see if we do a short and somebody's sitting on a podcast and they say all the things that I've just said about Nightmare Radio I'm alright with that no,
0: would you I'd be devastated <laughs> oh, no, I'll
1: I'll, I'll check the IP address I'll find out where you live and I'll come <laughs> and I'll fucking iPhone you right in the, right in the head but eh head. But. I, I think I'll be alright mate. because do you know what? The exact same way I've said where they did something that I've not done. Yeah. We've made something. Other people haven't. If it's good, brilliant. If it's not, who cares? Same with this podcast. If it's good, fucking brilliant. Keep listening. Hope you enjoy it. If you don't like it, keep listening anyway, because the numbers <laughs> <Yeah>. really mean <laughs> made a lot to us. Make us feel special. But that was Fright Fest 2020. By far the strongest uh, line up Fright Fest has ever had In the years that we've been yeah. uh, Again only based in Glasgow We don't do the London one for f- no, There's no way the London I could London sit for There's no way I could sit for five one days one, yeah, For sure nah. you, You're trying to fall asleep during movies here <laughs> yeah, <laughs> There's no. like five times that amount of movies down there Yeah I know uh, But it's certainly so, uh, yeah, Fright uh, Fest Glasgow favourite
0: weekend of the year
1: Absolutely love it Better than my So So <laughs> <laughs> You're saying that because you know she doesn't listen. <laughs> <laughs> so, what were your your best, worst, or top three, or what? Like, what do you want well, to kind of give as your takeaways from fright? I
0: uh, I posted my list of top five in the flick chat um, before I realised that we weren't allowed to see our list, and I had to delete it hastily. <laughs> Just as uh, Liam uh, told me off in the the private chat. The one time you get a list right, you post it when you're not meant to. You have fucking tips. <laughs> 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 like, fuck, um, So that list what was what I can't remember that list was. Uh number five, Kings an hour, number four, uh Sea Fever, number three, Zombie for Sale, number f- uh two, uh Saint Maud, and number one, VFW.
1: Standout, yeah.
0: standout movies. Those are the five I would suggest you go and find and watch because uh brilliant. Absolutely excellent. You had a good time with all of them
1: Yeah. And my number five would be uh, The Mortuary Collection I really enjoyed that I think but I was more surprised because I don't like anthologies so I was really surprised with that one Uh, number four would be Sea Fever number three exact same as you uh, Zombie for Sale number two St. Maud number one VFW we almost have the exact same number uh, top five which is strange and odd Mm -hmm. and makes me feel uneasy that we are like the mitosis is happening. I think I think, the, I think the strong
0: films, the strong films were were strong for everybody, and the the shite films were shite for everybody. So it was easy to to distinguish. I think that's as much as it was a really strong weekend. I think the shite films were shite for everybody. There wasn't there was nobody like kind of there was no in betweens. I think so. That's probably why our our, our up movies are same honorable yeah. mention definitely to End the quarry like if you find it somewhere watch it because it's really realistic it feels like it's how something like that would actually play out it's worth worth your time
1: um oh ch- totally forgot although it's not really including fight fest synchronic would actually be my number a eh, yeah my number four because synchronic was incredible i loved synchronic Yep. i
0: know i'm going to I've... enjoy it but i didn't put it on my list because i've learned my lesson if you have not seen it don't put it in your yeah. list
1: so just what my last there was just fucking forget about it it's in in it as well all the movies we've mentioned go watch Nightmare Radio stay the fuck away from unless you seriously hate yourself and hate your family and hate your friends then why don't you get them all round and sit and watch it and make them hate you too because that movie was ugh I don't think if I'm you, a hater of yeah, the movie no, if,
0: you, if, you, if you want to see two of the shorts that are up online just uh, ask me in the Facebook group and I'll, and I'll find them and post them for you and you can watch them you've probably already seen them
1: they'll make more sense by just watching that one short than it did putting it in the movie Uh, I'd I'd actually go as far as to say I hated that movie more than I hate that fucking Lindsay Lohan thing
0: (laughs) yeah it sounds like it
1: can you is that coming across in the mic that that this movie seriously upset me yeah yeah uh, 100% why do you know what time's precious don't fucking waste an hour and like 50 minutes of my life showing me that shit See, there was something good in it, like something, some redeeming quality. Fine, but there was nothing. There's nothing redeeming in that film. Yeah, shite like smeared it. wall of a film. Yeah. Uh, so, fright fest. Uh, we bumped into different people. We bumped into boys from Little Pod of Horrors. Uh, George Cook, who's a listener of the podcast under the stairs. I think he does. He listens to us as well. Can't be sure. I don't know if he just said that just to make us feel better. Uh, and I think you bumped into Jamie. Yes, yes. Did you see? Yeah, I yeah. saw Jamie outside. Yeah.
0: I, yeah. Cool guy. Good to meet
1: him. For some reason, I didn't bump, in, uh, was, bump me, into me him. Me and Perry
0: went out to Tesco. Duncan was talking to him outside, so we just randomly bumped into him,
1: that's why. Right. Uh, started to feel like as if I was actually trying to avoid them because everyone was bumping into him and I didn't for some reason. Uh, so it was great seeing everyone. And obviously next year... There'll be moreies and he's gonna all come up, he's gonna all party, and he's gonna all come and find us and buy us pints, cause nobody bought us a pint, Scott. Nobody. I know.
0: We're still waiting for the for the year that that comes up somebody comes up and says, oh, "Are you Scott and Liam?" That will happen. Hopefully next
1: year we'll be. Can, I, can up, I buy you a pint? <laughs> yeah, can I buy you a pint? Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I don't want it. The sharks about are you? Are you Scott and Liam? Uh, yeah, that was a load of Doug shit. Like you can throw shite at a wall but at the end of the day you still end up with your fucking wall smeared in shite like that film you've just shown uh, so yeah Fight Fest again absolutely brilliant thoroughly loved it the, the organisation and everything this year was excellent the gaps were brilliant because uh, it is sometimes where you've like 10 minutes or 15 minutes it was well more evenly spaced out so you could grab some food, get a drink and apart from that one film and the kind of technical hitch at the start, it was an all round excellent festival, thoroughly enjoyed it and thank you everyone who was a part of it, Yep, even you yeah
0: happy anniversary happy anniversary
1: Uh, so our next episode it will be 121 what we're going to do is for the next 5 episodes we are going to leave it with you it's going to be uh group picks so whatever it is for episode 121 we will pick a topic and we will pick a short list of films say it's our top five f- legendary films we want to revisit or a eh, five films that we've covered in the podcast before we'll then do a short list and you can pick what you want to hear us talk about Well, you enjoyed hearing us rip it apart like two years ago or you just you want to watch a film and you want an excuse to watch it and you go, to actually, I wonder what they think of that, we'll leave yous to pick it. So the next five episodes will be poll picks that will be chosen by you. Do not pick that fucking Lindsay Lohan thing. <laughs> uh, and then we'll, after, obviously, episode two, 125, we'll get back to my pick, Scott's pick, my pick, Scott's pick uh, and go with that. So does that sound like a plan, Scott? That sounds like a plan, yeah. So what we'll do is, uh we'll pick a topic and we will release the shortlist. Depending on when this drops, it'll be sometime. It'll be sometime through the week, uh, and you'll have until Sunday to get your votes in. So we can then do the post on the Tuesday and then release the episode the week after, and that's how it will work. So just be involved in the Facebook group or the Flick chat or Instagram and stuff, we'll try to find a way to put the poll up there so everyone can join in. You don't just have to have Facebook to do it, although it's easier. Uh, so I right, thanks for listening, and we hope we've sold Frightfest well. So next year, even more of you go. Only if they fix the aircon. If they don't fix the aircon, none of you buy tickets. None of you are allowed to go. The place has got to be empty because I can't handle that heat anymore. I agree. Great so on that note we'll see you guys uh, in a couple of weeks for episode 121 what it'll be who knows Ooh. and now here is that song that Scott talks about <laughs> yellow